Clay, have you ever survived a storm, a hurricane, Category mm-hmm. 5 at least? I know we've had Category 1s up here in New England, but who cares about that? It's like a wet sneeze hitting you. Um, a tornado, any kind of drastic turbulence on a jetliner while you were flying somewhere? Anything that's semi-like the experience that these characters have in Catwalk? Have you ever survived any kind of incident like that? Uh, no, but I have spent a lot of time in really small, hot places, which is very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> you go to you go to the right house in the at the right time of year when there's no air conditioning, and it's uh, I'll take my chances with the cosmic storm. Let's put it that way. That's right. Global warming is the true threat here, <coughs> just for what it's going to do to our, to our to our electricity bills when the air conditioning has to go on all the time. Um, I think I've never been. I've like hurricanes that have hit New England have been the extent of it, which is not yeah. anything by the time they get up here. There's damage, obviously, and people die, but it's not like it's ones hitting uh, Florida or anything like that. Um, Amy was, when she was younger, her house in <coughs> her parents have a house out in Western Mass and it's mm-hmm. on a lake, and they got uh, a small tornado went over their property, and, like Damn. knocked down a whole bunch of trees and everything, and apparently went like basically over their house. Uh, wow. And she saw it when it was coming. And they sort of ran into the center of the house and they did the the stand in the doorway trick that apparently causes you to survive. And um, yeah, it went over, knocked over all the trees on the property and the trees that like cut a path up the hill on the through the trees and it knocked over everything. But that was wow. that's pretty much the extent of it. I've never been in anything drastic. I I can say the closest experience I have to that is um, a handful of years ago. I guess it must have been twenty thirteen when the Red Sox were in the World Series and they were playing the World World Series game at Fenway and we were watching the game delayed. So we had taped the game Mm -hmm. and uh, we had just finished dinner. Sorry, finished making dinner. So we were going to sit down to eat. And as we were sitting down, the loudest noise I've ever heard just came crashing over the house. It sounded like a rocket like five rocket ships just blasting. I thought we, it was so loud. My girlfriend got up with food in hand and ran into the other room to stand (laughs) in a doorway. (laughs) And it just, it was so loud. It was over quickly and we had no idea what the hell was going on. And then we played the baseball game. And when they were doing the national anthem and the blue angels flew over Fenway, then we figured out what it was and we both felt very silly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for some reason i was picturing you watching it like days later and putting uh, and oh, not, no. not, not like on a slight delay but after a couple of days just wondering for days what that noise was yeah it was like 10 minutes later so it was uh it was it was quite it was quite an experience for a very short period of time never experienced i never experienced dramatic air turbulence either i've, I've experienced no. turbulence on the air and i hate it but i've never oh, experienced it's the worst i've never experienced like those videos of like the the stewardess hitting the ceiling <laughs> In the plane drops yeah. or something. Um, yeah. I think my father I was have... in one that did that. My father was in one where they're like everyone had to like sit down and like kiss their ass goodbye while they while they were oh, driving Jesus. through this this storm. Maybe the pilots warning you about it, but I, I've never had that either. So I I I don't know about you. I don't really have a problem flying. Um usually if it's been a long time since I've flown, the first takeoff is a little bit iffy for me. But generally I don't have a problem flying, but when we do hit turbulence, all of that uh, caveman suppressed fear, fear yeah. <laughs> yeah, comes f- pouring back in. Um, even the even the slightest amount of turbulence, so I can't even <clears throat> I can't even begin to think what it must be like to to sit through one like that, where it's like uh, dropping. You know, it's really dropping ten or twenty feet at a time. As yeah, it, as it's going around. Yeah, I know it's, it's not, yeah. not fun. This because the the plane feels like a train or a bus when it's not shaking, but when it shakes, you realize what exactly right. is going on physically. Yeah, you. yeah. You don't you don't get the feeling like you're going down a roller coaster on a train. Generally, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I hate it. So you, you you do you find the takeoff or the landing more stressful? Uh, takeoff usually. Because, uh, you know, you're only going up. You're only going higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's when I feel like you've got the most chance. If you're if you're landing, yeah, if it doesn't go exactly smoothly, yep. there's a good chance you're probably going to be fine. But if, you know, your engines go out in that first 20, 25, 30 seconds, you're kind of fucked. So, <laughs> yeah, I always get nervous about the incredible gain in speed needed to take off. That always makes me feel like yeah. really scared. It's like this thing is yeah. just 
barreling, barreling his ass down. Anyway. Just laughing in the face of God. <laughs> our next podcast, uh, Natural Disaster, Man-Made Disasters Through Aviation will be our next podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the catwalk now. So we'll take a break. I'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back and we will break it down. We're very relieved to see you. I'm Relis Tagrim. This is my crew. Captain Archer of the Starship Enterprise. Something we can do for you? Considering the circumstances, we would like permission to come aboard as soon as possible. What circumstances? The Neutronic Wavefront. It's almost here. Nothing on sensors. You should detect the storm in a few minutes. It's traveling at high warp. Once we're aboard, I suggest that you go to warp 7 immediately. Our top speed is warp 5. The Catwalk is the 12th episode of the second season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on December 18th, 2002. Written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. Directed by Mike Vahar. The in-universe date is September 18th, 2152. In this episode, when a deadly neutronic storm threatens the ship, the crew must take refuge for eight days inside the maintenance shafts of the warp nacelles. And we, um, we ride Enterprise hard occasionally. Um, I think that we're critical Put of the show. Put it away wet. We're critical of the show, but we uh, have have sort of a set reason why we have problems with it, the things that it tends to do over and over again. One thing maybe that's more something that should be praised every once in a while after at this point, having not watched Voyager, but after like 650 episodes of Star Trek is you kind of have to do reward them that they can they can occasionally come up with an idea that they've never done mm. on Star Trek before. And that's this one. I think so. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like this episode as a uh, an original idea that I'm kind of. It's one of those. It's like they've never done this before, really. Like this seems. This seems like something that's designed for Star Trek in a way to like weather a storm, shut down everything, and just kind of float around in space for a little bit until the storm passes. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they've never done anything like this, unless Voyager has done twenty of these episodes. But um, I did like it for that reason and I, I think it's actually a pretty it's a fairly good episode of enterprise all things considered but i did want to praise it for having an idea that i've never considered before yeah i have one big question does reed tell a story about shitting his pants during training <laughs> i think i think i think he vomits but he he leads okay. it he leads it with a with a very uh a face that looks like he's about to shit his pants and that's he's yeah. calling times and that then he did f- shit his pants and then Phlox says gastrointestinal distress. And anytime mm-hmm. I hear that, I immediately think yeah. poop. Yeah. Because uh, so, it's a euphemism. <laughs> no, no one has a problem with vomit. It's like, oh, you had a little, right. little vomiting. It's like, yeah, yeah. I did. I, that was yeah. bad. Yeah. Seasick, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if you're like dancing around it, it means you've already started <laughs> pooping your pants. And uh, the way he tells that story, as I was picturing that, he's like, yeah, we were just up there. And they kind of named it after me. It's when you go up and you just obliterate the seat of your pants when you're upside down in zero g and just ruin it for the rest of the week um no i i actually i like this one a lot um i uh i think it has i wish they did more episodes like this or i should say this is an episode it's a good example of what they can do with this concept for the show Mm -hmm. where you take sort of a traditional land bound idea and put it into a star trek situation like like you're saying it is like weathering they're weathering a storm that's literally what they're doing yeah it's like if they were on a ship in the ocean and they had to hunker down and shut everything off and just hope they get through the storm just a cabin in the um, woods during a blizzard or something it's sure like it's yeah. really just yeah <clears throat> that being said i wish they did more with it i yeah. think that still has some of the flaws that we talk about on the show where it essentially evolves into a, a action scene yep. at the end and has the most this this is a show of um anticlimactic beginnings and anticlimactic endings this might be the most anticlimactic final scene I, i've seen in the entire series so far what are you considering just, the final what's the final scene well, <clears throat> the last scene where where, where uh uh oh, paul just comes out yeah to paul comes out and she's like yep we got everybody's out and he's like all right cool credits no they, they walk for about 15 seconds in silence yes it's like, yes. They, yeah. they just they walk together um i, I agree it's with like, you. it's a weird ending it's like I the it, 
the show has moments of greatness where it does do something new or it kind of really leans into the uh, concept, but it also just has this feeling of laziness to it in some spots where it's like, eh, I guess this is good enough for an ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this is probably the this is the definitely the best one we've watched in a number of weeks. Yeah, it, it's it's a um, it is the best one that we've watched in a number of weeks. I I think that Sussman and Strong are actually two of the better writers on the show at this point. It does have traditional Enterprise problems. Um, the action sequence going into the end is definitely my biggest problem with it. Uh, it's very much a it's an excellent enterprise concept uh, because mm. they can't outrun the storm, which would not be a problem mm-hmm. for anything else, but they are stuck in having to go through it. The, it's uh, the, the enterprise tropes continue like outside of these sort of weird endings and stuff. But um, this is another Archer Archer episode where he just trusts people that he runs into like without, mm-hmm. you know, the, these three hooligan looking guys come up and they're like, hey, you like, run into, <laughs> you run into a van full of dads. <laughs> space dads and he's just seen one of himself among them you know he's got a little bit better hair than they do but he he trusts them immediately and it's yeah. it's kind of an like an unintentionally funny cold open where they're like they're like we're gonna get on your ship you go to warp seven immediately he goes our ship can go to warp five and then they just got some black <laughs> so, oops <laughs> and it's all we'll take the next one We'll take. We'll, I, and I, I was wondering, I was like, why do these guys even get on the ship? They do. They're getting on to try to avoid detection, obviously. But it's set up strangely. We're like, why wouldn't they just go off on their own? Why are Why are they on the Enterprise? Um, but I did like the. What I liked about this, and that they kind of hint at it until they change things. But there was great potential in this episode to be a character study of the Enterprise crew. Mm-hmm. Where there's yep. there's the first twenty minutes are really good. They have Archer strolling around being the good guy captain who's talking to everybody's like, keep your chin up, Poshi. All right, treat all right, trip, all right, Reed, what's going on here? It's got the uh the close quarters are wearing on people, so they start to have uh disagreements with each other, which would be fun. And T'Pol has a thing where Archer's like, Hey T'Pol, you should go fraternize and get to know people. And she's like, Ooh, that'll be awkward and that'll lead to a lot of weird uh, scenes that I had to get through, and then they don't do anything with the Tavall nope. thing until the very end. And the the ending is weird because it makes you feel that should be the sequence where Tavall and Archer walk together, and they both realize what Tavall has learned through the course of this episode. That's why you have that sequence at the end. Mm-hmm. But they they drop it, and it's by far the the scene that I was most looking forward to is Tavall trying to ingratiate herself into the crew and make, and making right. things awkward and they cut it all out for an action sequence and they only insert it at the end where she she understands the plot of a western and it blows their mind and they're right. like Tavall yeah. you should hang out with us you're a cool chick I'm sorry I just understand the base concepts of good characters and evil <laughs> characters better than you futuristic humans in the 22nd century it was so disappointing. I, I was hoping for T'Pol to do something, and it's it's really just cut out because they have ten minutes of that action sequence where the aliens yeah. take over the ship. We, another another militia group, yeah. militaristic another alien group. Alien, militaristic alien militia shows up. Uh, this I liked time they this come group, to though. them. Yeah, I I uh, I didn't hate that stuff. I uh, I thought they were good actors. I, I thought they all behaved yeah. like uh, military commandos. Like they, there wasn't a. It wasn't like it was um, Dean Stockwell dressed up in military fatigues, like trying to convince right. me that he's something impressive. This guy actually had some gravitas behind what he was telling people to do. Yeah, and you couldn't. I, I think there was a believable level of gray area to what they were doing as well, where it's like, as far as they knew, the ship was empty. Yeah, and what they heard from uh, my three dads were could have been lies. You know, who knows? Yeah, uh, <laughs> he took it face value from those guys, though. A couple. Of, a few used car salesmen yeah um but yeah i uh i it's tough because i do think that there there could have been a much more interesting episode if it had been just the crew on the catwalk and how the the tensions there start rising and how they take that out whether um uh rightly or rightly or not uh, on these three that that are they pulled in off, just off the street basically you know because they're cooking weird food and stuff and yeah. what do they start do they start uh accusing them of stuff you know there's 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 like five great 
Twilight Zone episodes that play with that stuff really well, where it's, you know, three people who know each other and one new person stuck in a really tense situation and how quickly do they turn to the new person, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I liked Archer and Tripp's conversation about, uh, felt a very enterprise conversation where Tripp is annoyed by them and Archer's like, well, mm. they did save our lives. Like they might be annoying as fuck, but we have to, we have to deal right, with them. It, right. it felt like a proto Star Trek kind of conversation about what, like the, um, Tripp realizes what he's supposed to be doing out there, but he's having a hard time wrapping his head around how he's supposed to accept all new cultures and things like that because they annoy him yeah. on some level. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I, 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 uh, I, I know people who, who work with, uh, certain people of other cultures who are not, I would not call them racist, but they're definitely like, no, that's just what all British people do is mm-hmm. they're all the same. They all do that. And I hate them. It's like, oh, good Jesus. <laughs> When it comes to this specific situation, they're all exactly alike, and I just don't have any time for it. That's right. Stereotypes um, become true because enough people do them, I suppose. Right. That's how, right, that's how it works. Right. Stereo- if, you, yeah. <laughs> if you say a stereotype that no one understands, it means it's not a trait of that culture. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, uh, I didn't mind. I thought it was cool, like the way they introduced the the militia group. I thought was really neat, where it's like, <clears throat> where you kind of think at the beginning that the the three baldies there are in cahoots maybe because they've pulled, they've convinced the entire crew to go hang out in the nacelles, which I didn't know had sleeping quarters built into it, but that's cool. If you ever need to go and just get away from everybody, you can hang out inside the warp nacelle. We'll, we'll talk about um, the design of like the, the design yeah. of the nacelle doesn't make a lot of sense because a yeah. catwalk kind of implies that you're way above things. Like it's, yeah. it's to work. Like it's, and it's the only Na- the only space you can navigate is very thin. Right. And, and very it's, it's like if you're working on the top of the Superdome, there's a catwalk up right, there to right. get up so you can work on the roof and stuff. And you can't you can't just hop off of it and then like uh keep walking on the side. This is just a a walkway with a a small fence on both sides and and the people can sit and set up like a it reminded me honestly of the um promenade from DS9. It's like you could just set up shops sure, yeah. around there Basically, and just, just yeah. walk through it. And it, yeah. it was a weird design, but I, I understand that they're kind of limited in what they can do, but it does seem like a lot of um, functionally empty space that it just mm-hmm. has a catwalk through the middle of it, but I, I understand what it is. Yeah, because you would think like, realistically the warp nacelle interior would be like a Jeffrey's tube at most. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't think there's a lot of wasted space inside of that thing. Right. Um, but whatever. But the, uh, yeah, the, the, the way they arrive where it seems like, oh, maybe the three guys have drawn them all into the nacelle. And then after they've been there for a few days, they realize there's other people who have docked onto the ship and are rummaging around. That's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just turning it into, militia guys who are trying to hunt down these other guys and then it turns into a phaser battle um unfortunately although it is one of the better i like this one more than i've liked some of the other ones action sequence I think wise was, you mean <clears throat> yeah i thought it looked cooler because you know he's got the suit on and everything's kind of hazy and stuff yep. and the, lights, the are, lights off. are off yep. yeah i thought it looked it looked pretty cool but um yeah, I, I I think overall I I would have preferred they go a different way with it, but that's not to say I didn't like it. Yeah, I, it's another it's another action sequence that's kind of uh, it's not it's it's just not really super well constructed to be interesting. Like to Paul and that other guy are working on some techno babble solution to fix something, and Archer has to go out there and and you know delay them and then get in a mm-hmm. firefight with them. Um, my favorite scene, by the way, is towards the end when uh, everybody comes back except Archer, and they're getting closer to that, you know, Eddie, I think it is, or yeah, whatever they yeah, call plasma it. plasma Eddie. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Mayweather's like, I can't fly any closer, and Paul is like, you fly directly into this thing <laughs> right now, or it will be your job and your life. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boop, boop, yeah, hey, you don't got to do that anymore. We're all set here. You can just bounce. <laughs> <laughs> when Paul tells him to just fly directly into that thing, uh, Mayweather should have just turned to Reed and been like, I've never fraternized quite so much with DePaul. It's been a wonderful yeah. couple of hours. Yeah. But yeah, it turns into Crimson Tide for a second where like they're waiting for the, the yeah. all clear to come about the nuclear device. A very um, 
They might have over. I mean, I know they're trying to sell. They might have overdone it on the uh, the fake sweat aspect of spraying them down. Like the guys are sure, just, sure. <laughs> it's very much like I, the uh, airplane gag where they just start sweating. And it's just water just, pouring off of them. Well, I was thinking we had just watched Genesis, and I don't know where this gif come from comes from, but I thought it might have been Genesis. But seeing Mayweather sweating made me think of it too. That gif of like the guy at the co- the comm desk who's just like shaking and right. like puts his hand. What is that from? Uh, it's from a first season episode or second season episode. I think it might yeah, be where Silence like has the lease. I think it might be where it's from. The black guy you're talking about who goes like, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's from the second season, maybe, but it's, it's certainly early. Um, you had me on something. Archer. Oh, Archer's. Um, Archer's action action sequence is uh, mm-hmm. why why is he breathing and talking like he's been shot in that video talk to the guy? I was trying to figure that out, and I I was it's like, ah, oh, you'll never uh, you'll never take my ship. I I was <laughs> at first I thought maybe I had you know fallen asleep or something, yeah. but I didn't. Um, but I think what it was is he was. He was telling them that the whole crew was dead, and he was the only person who was left. So I think maybe he was just... He's trying to be wrought with to, emotion at that point? He, I, yeah, I think he was just trying to make it seem like he was... Desperate. He had nothing left... Yeah, desperate, nothing left to lose, so he was just going to fly the ship and blow the ship up. I was operating under the assumption he was he was trying to like distract them by making them think he was injured or something. Like It was, a really, it was just a strange performance, yeah. like... Yeah, unnecessary. It's like uh, it's like when you try to um, try try to pr- play a prank on someone, and you have to have another person play a part, and that pl- person just way overacts it. <laughs> Where it's like, you know, I need you to go in, and I need you to say, "Oh man, Clay broke his leg," and then he comes in, and he's like, "There was been an accident." <laughs> Who has a car? We need to get Clay to the hospital. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead, and his leg is broken. <laughs> that is what it is. It's, it was just a weird. I, I feel. I feel that that's a trope Enterprise does as well. But I can't pin when they've done it before. But when I was watching it, I was like, they tend to do this quite frequently. That Archer will overreact to something or try to play it off. But I don't know. Or if he that was would... trying to match the gravitas of that captain or something. Yeah, I was gonna say that would have been a great little bit to to for to have to Paul ingratiate herself if she was she turned to like Mayweather and was like, "Don't you hate it how much he overacts in these situations?" <laughs> it's not logical. Yeah, I. So you would agree that your downside to this was just not enough interpersonal stuff. I thought they were building it so yeah. well, and it, it almost felt like it was like a mandate. It almost felt like the script had that stuff, and it got cut out mm. because of how abruptly it all gets like just chopped away once the yeah. action sequence has to happen. And well, at, at this point, I've seen so many Enterprise action sequences, I'd, I'm just kind of dying to have a crew stuck in a room for eight hours right. to see what happens. Yeah. It's like that's a more interesting episode at this point. Well, I think we kind of talked about it last episode, how it really it's really starting to feel like there's just formulas that to this show yeah. that they just plug everything into. And obviously, all shows kind of have that to some extent. But this one, it really is starting to feel like They've got an idea they kind of explore to a certain extent, and then it's like, okay, by page, at page 25, there needs to be some sort of action sequence where the, someone gets punched or shot or something, and it's just, it's 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 uh, hampering the better ideas. That being said, I, I, I love the sequence with Trip by himself, where he discovers that they're on the, on the ship, yeah. like moving around, trying to stay silent. That stuff was great. I thought that was probably one of my favorite uh, sequences on the show so far. Oh, interesting. Just from the camera work or the way that it was done or the Just, emotional yeah, was, aspect of the terror of it, if you want to say that, or whatever. The, it's supposed to be – it's kind of tense. It's tense, it's, uh, tenseness yeah. in the situation. I thought, they, I thought they played the tension really well. You know, he's not expecting anybody to be on the ship, and then all of a sudden there's people on the ship, and he's got to turn off all of his lights and kind of like, you know, do the thing where he throws a rock and gets them to look, and he kind of skitters away or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I thought I like they did it really yeah. well. I like that it's just flashlights at first, and you're like you're you're not mm. you're not you're not exactly sure what it is. It's just the flashlights walking around. What'd you think I of think, the aliens? Um, sorry, what'd you think of the aliens? Uh, uh, not affected by the storm thing. Mm. I, I thought that was. I guess it's fine. There's no way to get really yeah. around that because they have to be able to walk around on the ship. But it it, it felt very 
coincidental, you know, that, that this would be yeah. the, that this is the way that it is, especially because the the three dad aliens you feel are trying to get trying to use the storm to hide themselves, but that's not the case because these guys can just walk through the storm and it's no problem for them. Yeah. Uh eh, eh, whatever. It's yeah. Um, I think it could have been cool if they maybe had the had their own suits or something. Right. So better, you better suits, immediate... better technology. <clears throat> yeah, so maybe you didn't. Maybe they're kind of like the suits Enterprise had, where they were full face suits, so you couldn't immediately see that they were part of the same uh, race or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't think <clears throat> it was. It was an alien makeup that was uh, distinct enough for me to. You kind of know that they're the same species, but it wasn't like, oh, they're mm. Klingons, and these guys are Klingons as well. No, this the makeup was like the the guy designing it fell asleep on a pile of like uh, makeup putty face down, <laughs> and then when he woke up, he like had ten <laughs> minutes to come up with something, and he saw one bulge on his cheek, and was just like, perfect, just we'll fix it, it up, match. we're good to go. <laughs> make sure sometimes I feel like sometimes on this show would the. Uh, the laziness of their of some of their makeups. If I feel like they just tell someone to stand ten feet away and they throw something at their face, yeah. And how wherever it lands is that's what the makeup is. Yeah, yeah. They they yeah. It's certainly not a an important aspect of a lot of the episodes. Uh, this one particularly, where it feels like it was thrown in at the very end. Um, I did like the re- the reason I like episodes like this is I think that's good for uh, Archer's characterization in a lot of ways like he mm-hmm. he is Bacula's most believable in these situations like the ones that he's got at the start here as archer which is not particularly militaristic not particularly an action hero but he's just kind of a and we talked about this in earlier episodes of Enterprise like in the first season he is much more mano a mano with his crew like it's much more of their equal there's a rank difference between them but he's much more casual with his crew members mm-hmm. and it's it's this sort of friendship that they have as opposed to a working relationship on ds9 or tng or voyager or anything like that you never see cisco telling people the answers to the crossword puzzle they're doing i could tell you that much. <laughs> that's right he'd offer he offers them food which is cisco's thing archer doesn't go quite that far but archer is just more um chummy this cisco's standoffish in a lot of ways like cisco's not cisco, a very approachable character <clears throat> cisco's the kind of kind of captain where like if he asks you a question or like invites you to dinner, you know that you're going to have to talk about something you don't want to talk right. about. <laughs> he's using it to broach uh, some bad. He's he's smothering his bad news in some uh, some jambalaya sauce or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is good for Bacula. It's a good sequence. I just wish it went on a little longer. I like the card game between them. Um, Man, I uh, I'm going to have to go off of context and what i know about these characters that reed must have had a killer hand because he would not have emptied up with that pineapple thing unless it was like a it was a (laughs) devastating hand (laughs) it's weird they're going off uh, betting with their rations too even small forgettable moments like flocks into paul where flocks is like Mm. kind of begging for more space for his animals and she gives it to him it doesn't amount to anything but it's kind of a nice scene between those two characters yeah 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 yeah, I uh I I think there was a lot of a lot of potential to do to do more of that stuff and yeah, I'm I'm bummed especially cuz yeah, the Tapal stuff is such a good lead-in for those scenes too cuz I I guess they they do it with Archer. I guess you kind of have to flip a coin cuz you have you end up having Archer as the lead into these scenes, but it's Archer just kind of like going around going like, "Hey, how's everybody doing?" Yeah, yeah. Doing good? He's doing good. Giving the finger Playing finger cards? guns to people just yeah. 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 Everybody got enough sunglasses? It's pretty bright out there. And but instead, uh, where you could have had to Paul trying to take Archer's advice and ingratiate herself. So now you have to Paul awkwardly trying to sidle into these situations. You know that yeah. I, that that would have been pretty fun. But you know, no, they it, did what they did, and it almost feels like the ending is her finally getting a point of small talk right where she points out what's going on in the movie. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it, it feels mm. like it could have been a sequence of failed interactions between her and her and crew members until the very end. It's just this kind of light, charming revelation where she can follow the plot of the movie and no one, no one else can. Um, if I, they had been watching the usual suspects, right. Then maybe that would have been like something, something that she was really uh, welcomed in for where she's like, no, actually Kobayashi was this guy and it's actually the thing on the cup. It's like, Oh, yeah. 
She predicts the ending before she solves it before the detective in the movie or something. <laughs> yes. What movie are they watching here? I didn't recognize. I don't it, know. I don't think some. Yeah. Uh, I, either owned by Paramount or uh, yes, a fair Paramount, use movie. <laughs> Paramount Western. Yeah, it's because uh, I never thought of Westerns from the 50s as having incredibly complicated plots that Starship engineers would be unable to follow right. what's going on in it. I now. just, I still find this that like this, I feel like them watching a Western from the 50s is not as egregious feeling, but it's in the same realm as using the Beastie Boys. Yeah, in in a Star Trek movie where it's like, this is the equivalent of the R and R for for the crew is everybody gets together and reads Gulliver's Travels, yeah, or something, or like oh it's the it's the group book club where everybody everybody on the ship reads Weathering Heights at the same time, or mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's like I don't know it's not it's I don't random, I don't know if uh, it's a random movie ahead. they mention they mention a famous. Sci-fi movie that the, I do the know. day the earth the yeah. day the earth, day the stood earth stood yeah. so which is feels more appropriate for them or something they end up watching a, a western, um, <laughs> but yeah I did I was upset with that to Paul thing and I felt like to Paul deserved something better after um, I don't know what you would think but if Archer laid down next to me turned on his little iPod and was like yeah. oh yeah oh fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? He's making such... Oh, those wet <laughs> balls. He's just groaning just. while watching this, and Tabal doesn't react to it, but he's, he's just groaning watching this going, oh, nice. Yeah. Do they not have headphones in the 22nd century? <laughs> they just got hard copy photograph technology back, and but they don't have they don't have headphones anymore? It was... It was. I even. I like to Paul's annoyed with his dog. Like he's, he's you know, he's like yeah. shaking the dog's head and the fur is flying everywhere. You can imagine to Paul's just looking at him like, "What the hell is? What's going on here?" Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, is there anything else to really to say about this one? It's a. It's a good chef, concept. Chef shows chef, up. Faceless chef. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like uh, Vera or Vera is it Vera Cliff's wife on. Uh, I'm sorry, Norm's wife on Cheers. Oh, she she's faceless or headless or something. She yeah, she never shows up. They talk about her all the oh, time. She sure, shows up right. once. She she shows up at uh, Thanksgiving at Carla's house, but she immediately gets hit in the face with a pie, <laughs> so you can't see what she looks like. Um, yeah, Reed got Reed got real salty with Chef. It's like pot roast, pot roast again. <laughs> so the other thing about this, Poor chef. like I appreciate, I appreciate what the story that they're trying to tell Reed, you've been here for like three days yeah he says it's, he says second time in three days he's he's been pushed yeah. to his limit it's not like you've been here for three months yep. and you're just it's like the 15th time you've had pot roast <laughs> give the guy a fucking break he doesn't have right? a kitchen he doesn't have a kitchen i'm surprised you're even getting you should be getting pop tarts and yeah. good chocolate milk or something i don't know how i don't know how the bald guy's Managed to sneak on like a fucking hot <laughs> <plate>. walk. Yeah. <laughs> they snuck on a walk and like a bag of chicken wings or something. <laughs> Captain, we we have to come aboard and uh, defrost our chicken wings if you don't mind. No, Is I'd- that buffalo sauce? <laughs> Not on a plasma vent or whatever it is. I know they were getting real, real solid. I mean, Reed should just plug be that happy in? with what he's got. Yeah. Yeah, I that's that was the one thing that was like okay, I I wish that they had just stretched the time out and just made it a more believable amount of time because right. like even when they talk about the movie, um, when they bring up the day the earth stood still, Trip makes this face like he's like oh gee not again, and they have this conversation where it's like who's picking these movies blah 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 blah, and it's like okay, I got the impression that this was like the fifth time that they had watched it because right. in their rush to. Uh, Get in there. They they only grabbed like four VHSs or something. Someone someone's black duffel bag did not have any DVDs in it when it was being passed, yeah. passed through the tunnel. But here. you know what I mean, though. It's like they're they're doing this stuff as though they've all been quarantined together yeah. for uh, six months, but it's only been like five days. Right. Yeah. Now that, that is strange about the um because I think they say Although they only we say- did we did just watch an episode of TNG where the shuttlecraft traverses two light years in right. the span of a hard cut so they started started giving up on that thing they're only they're only there for eight days which is <clears throat> um 
when I could you imagine could you imagine going on vacation with somebody and like to Aruba or something and being stuck it's raining so you're stuck in your hotel for eight days and like on day three the person you're on vacation with just loses their fucking mind and just starts like <laughs> smashing stuff and he's like I'm not watching this goddamn movie again yeah like, <laughs> take it easy take it easy no when I read the description and with the implication of what a catwalk is to my mind I'd never seen this episode before. I thought they were all going to be stuck. fashion show. I thought they were all going to be stuck stuck in a shuttle pod esque environment where they're like on top of each other for an extended period of time. Sure. You know what I mean? And this is a very spacious area. I like um, they all have their own little quarters area that they can sit in. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Granted, they are next to each other, dealing with each other, and there's apparently one toilet and no shower or something. Um, but it would be. You either those are like it's kind of like a um again it's been three days like read watch Das Boat and then <laughs> right then then come start complaining see tell me how you feel about complaining about not showering after well, uh, after three days it's it's like the um equation for pressure or something like if you increase the heat or you increase the pressure you increase the increase the temperature you can increase one of those two variables and the same thing and like the temperature will increase um, mm-hmm. you can either shorten the time and make the quarters smaller. Or you can lengthen the time and keep the quarters the same, right? Like this big catwalk area. Sure. So those sure, are the two. Yeah. And they kind of went with this weird middle where they have a lot of space and it's not a very long amount of time that they're all stuck with mm. each other. So mm-hmm. I would have that would have been my fix if you weren't going to rely on an action sequence to do one of those two things. I would I'd probably I don't know what what would be more interesting. I'd probably rather have the main cast just in a very small room with each other for a shorter period of time, but who knows? It's all personal. I actually point. I misheard what the setup in the I don't remember if it was the cold open or just shortly after that when they're talking about fitting everybody into the area and whatnot and I thought that there were more people on uh the pet the boys ship, ship. Yeah. um and like it was they had to figure out how to fit everybody from the enterprise and everybody from the ship into this one space in yep. which case I was that made sense but when it was just shoving the enterprise people in there and it was, I mean, everybody seemed to have enough leg room to be fine. Yeah. Um, it actually kind of, the set kind of reminded me of lower decks, the way they set up the bunks there a little bit. Oh, sure. Like the, yeah. it, there's bunks on either side and there's that sort of walk hallway in the middle. Yeah. With, with, the nice touch was that they added um, curtains at like just sort of random distances on the catwalks. They have to duck under the curtains, but it's just for privacy, I'm assuming, with with everyone making their own little quarters uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, final points, and then we'll go to final thoughts. We talked about this in the revisit of Relics, where uh, the TNG episode where they find the Dyson Sphere, and it's the thing that's around the sun, and it's so massive, we were just like talking about how right. massive this thing must be. But when right. the Enterprise is orbiting it, it looks just like a planet. So there's a difficulty of portraying like with any sense of scale how big this thing is mm-hmm. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. When Archer's looking at this light years long plasma storm that's coming at him, thing looks like it's five feet away from the ship. And he, yes. he's very yeah. calmly staring into the eye of this thing that's about to obliterate his uh, ship and get a move on, Archer. You need to get back to yeah. just be a little yeah. blind in the distance. When he was When he was looking at it and he's like, it's... I didn't know it would be so beautiful. I was kind of hoping Paul would be like, dude, let's go. Yeah. You've Captain. got 15 minutes here. Captain. I actually, I thought for a second that maybe um, this storm uh, was going to be Nexus related. Yeah. It does look like in the Nexus and it sounds like something similar to it. Yeah. And the way they, the way they talk about it and stuff. And I thought, oh, are these three guys, are they trying to like hitch a ride into the Nexus or something? Yeah. Dressed but, uh, vaguely Soren-esque, I suppose, in sort of like raggy yeah. trench coats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, middle middle aged men, just middle aged space stoners, just trying to get that high back. <laughs> the walk is the pan in which the squid burns. Um. <laughs> oh, the one the one other thing I wanted to mention was, um, I don't know if this has been a change into Paul, a general change, but I did notice that she. Uh, uh, I, I like the scene where she was talking to when Archer comes in and he's like, "By the way, I read the Vulcan." Uh, archives about that storm you told me about that ship you said was almost destroyed the ship actually was completely destroyed and she's like, all huh, hands lost that's uh that's weird 
Yep. And then she just kind of walks off. Guess I misremembered um, it. She's picking up line yeah. from the humans, which right. if the show cared more about setting up the Vulcans, I think they would have been stressing this point more through the series. But I think you're supposed to know at this point that the Vulcans aren't supposed to lie. She's probably said something like that, but this is... Yeah. it's It just surprises me that they leave so much of this stuff on the table. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's that's a good It's a good scene. touch for her. It's a good yeah. scene for her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And especially if, if you're kind of going for this... Uh, angle of having to paul fraternize and 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 ingratiate herself and maybe become a little more human and and whatnot um yeah i'm it's it's too bad they didn't uh thread that needle better to paul said a, a startling lack of development i mean i'm i'm just uh i'm looking at a picture of her now on the memory alpha thing and i bet you are <laughs> oh nice nice um <laughs> They haven't done a random crew member tries to date to Paul, which feels like it should, it would be something that's yeah. There. Like I'm just surprised I, it's, it's not happening. They they have the main characters do it, but I feel like there's a to Paul plot where Nebish Ensign, who's like oh, sure. infatuated yeah. with her, comes up and she like her Cr- complete cold reaction or something. <laughs> right, yeah. her complete cold reaction just causes him to like blow himself out of the airlock or something. You know, there's there's something like that, and I'm just surprised they've never done anything with that. Or like go the other way with it, where it's like her cold reaction just turns him on that much right. more. Where he's yeah. like, oof, that's a Paul. The way that she's turned <laughs> me down. I'm playing hard to get- <laughs> one of these days, to Paul. I'm gonna get you to have breadsticks with me. <laughs> All I need is one day every seven years to Paul. That's fine for me. I heard it was fine for you. I can wait. I'll wait for you. That's right. You can. You live f- five times as long as me, but baby, it's worth it. Let's take a now, break. Are they? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. Did, did you? Did you get the feeling that they were angling for like a trip into Paul thing in this episode? They had a couple. Did they have a scene they together? Like, I think they had a scene. One scene where they were kind of like giving each other eyes a little bit. Oh, I only um, think of the Western where he's like, "Hey, do you want to hang out sometime?" And she goes, hmm. "Maybe that. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of." Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't really done it with the crew members aside from that entire episode that was just about Archer wanting to bang to Paul. Right. Which was, <laughs> I don't know if I would count that. It's a little different. I'm looking for a more lighthearted sitcom take right, on this story. Right. Yeah, right. Not just I, I Archer's hope, blue I balls are creating a black hole in space time or something. I really hope that they do like the the Enterprise equivalent of Barclay ends up dating to Paul. Right. Just like it's a, it's like a running plot that they don't they every now and then they touch on. It's just this like her, this super nerdy guy that you never see. Yeah, the They're, Boimler of Enterprise right. is dating to Paul. Always leaving her quarters and stuff when Archie's ringing the doorbell and he's just walking on the towel or something and showing up showing up with like flowers and a bow tie on yep. after her shift is over. <laughs> they need that's um. In all seriousness, I feel that that's what this show kind of should have been from the start, really, is more of a, and I feel like they were trying to do it, but more of a, um, more of a small, small stakes Star Trek, really, like Mm -hmm. a lowercase Star Trek. Like, it's just like, um, with small character moments where they're all kind of stuck in this submarine with each other, and it's about the crew interacting, but they, they don't really stick to that, and it's... The the cast and characters continue to be the least defined of any of the Star Treks, I think, at this point, really. Mm. Like they all have their It's really weird. They have their one tick. They all have their one characteristic that they just keep going. Like, honestly, Mayweather should have just grabbed in the walk by his hands and burned himself to like to, to fulfill his role in these episodes, you know. But he Right, yes. Like that's <laughs> like, that's all he I can can't do. go. I right. can't go. He can't pilot the ship. He's, he's got huge bandages on his hands. I have to go lay down in sick bay for the next forty minutes. It's just it's kind of a the the major disappointment I think about the show really is that is that that lack of character stuff and hopefully hopefully it picks up at some point because they just can't continue this way with you know when we send this relieved about I'm going to say this is a fairly middling episode of Star Trek. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing really like revelatory outside of the kind of yeah. unique you, idea. When we get back from our break, you might need to. Pull me back down to earth with my rating. And give this, <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back. We'll read some patron thoughts. Maybe they'll they'll calm you down. They'll be the solve of uh, salve of uh, cooling uh, passion for you in terms of rating Star Trek. <laughs> I don't think passion was the word I was going for. Let's take a break. Play a clip, and we'll be back. We may outnumber them, but we only have three EV suits. 
I could take a security team and bring back more. I doubt you'd get very far. The launch bay's crawling with them. Even if we could get the suits, we only have 22 minutes in the radiation. Hard to believe we could retake the ship and then I'm... How long do we have? It'll take a while for the warp coils to charge. How long? 20 minutes, tops. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Lipensky file. It's the best way to do it. A couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. And if you sign up before, when is this going out? Tomorrow. So this is before Halloween. Last chance, last call for on the Star Trek show. Um, sign up for the $5 Patreon level by Halloween, and you get access to our revisit of Genesis, which Clay just mentioned offhand earlier. And we did The Platform, which is a horror sci-fi movie on Netflix currently. So you get exclusive access to those if you sign up later after Halloween, you're never going to get to see them. It's only people who are patrons on Halloween will get that access. So check that out, $5, patreon.com slash the Penske file. And as always, a special thank you to our Captain Tier supporters, Christian Pouch, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Sean, Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Matt Cutler, Ben Douglas, Kyle Barrett, Samuel Custer, Nick Sergey, Bradley Killens, Matt Ross, Rune Vendler, Nathan Oleg, Eric Johnson, Andrew Sherlock, Grim Santo, Poindexter G, Dwayne Hackett, Paul Roscoe, Jordan Cooper, Derek Zajac, Kevin Reyes, Vault 13 Hero, Stefan Minton, Nick the Rat, Darth Moss, HH28, Matt Curry 6, Jacob123, Mike Harris, Jake Keys Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric Santron, Curry Martin, William Scheisler, Timothy Cooley, Zane Majors, and Soylent Blue. Thank you very much for joining and uh, supporting the show. Much appreciated. We'll go to patron thoughts now. If you're a patron at the $5 and up level, you can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes and we read them. Matt Ross says, the catwalk on the catwalk. They sweat their tails on the catwalk. This is actually a fun little sci-fi countdown episode. The cramming of everyone into a narrow corridor, doing crossword puzzles, one toilet seems realistic. The aliens freaking out that the Enterprise couldn't go to warp seven and the crew's panic professionalism seemed also well conveyed. The aliens coming on board in the middle of the storm is more than a bit odd. It's a dangerous storm. What the hell are they doing there? Whatever. Time for that shower and to empty Porthos's pooper scooper bag. Three space eddies out of five. Next comment is, sorry, people use a lot of catwalks in this. So I'm going to be clicking to get through it. Vault 13 Hero says, I really enjoyed the premise of the episode, but the mystery of the alien refugees doesn't quite pay off. Seems like sensors should be able to detect everyone in the catwalk, but hey, magic plot device, I guess. Two smelly alien campfire meals out of five. Two. Damn. Thomas Darnell says, this is one of my favorite episodes. I have to admit that I never thought that what was, never thought that was what was inside the, that is what the inside of a nacelle looks like, and I don't know what they're supposed to be for. I'd always heard they were either manty, anti-matter, matter, antimatter, fuel tank, boy, is it late, or warp field generators, and neither seems to work with what we see here. But okay, I love the setup of the whole crew crammed into a small space for days on end. It's really cool. I think the plot was designed to keep you guessing, but I thought it would have made more sense to keep it to people in the catwalk and find other ways to generate drama, whether it was rising tensions or some sort of mechanical failure. Still, I give it a five. Not perfect, but it really stands. All right, well, there you go, Clay. You got you some bad you didn't you didn't realize the inside of a nacelle looks like a summer camp cabin. That's right. Beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful area, best real estate in town. I there was nothing wrong with uh, Thomas's comment here. I'm just like my eyes are glazing over at this point. We don't we don't record this late, Clay. It's it's a weird feeling. Uh, a five. Well, it's funny because I, I feel like my energy is higher than usual and yours is lower than usual Mine's because I we usually are on opposite schedules. Right. Where we sometimes we return we record early in the morning. I'm like, I honestly I didn't watch this episode. <laughs> right. You're I just waking Paul, up occasionally and I'm I'm ready yeah. for bed at this point. Yeah. Trip was the trip was five as fine. It's like <laughs> Do you I'm um, ready to go. Let's do two more. Let's do it. When you watch the episode in the morning or uh when you record in the morning, which is mm-hmm. or early, uh do you watch the episode that morning or do you watch it the night before? Or is it uh, do you it try what time? Okay. It depends what time we we record. If it's uh, if, if it's, it's first thing the, or eleven, it's you usually watch it the night before. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um, I feel like the I feel like the like the the meta of me watching an episode. I've really come around. Like I I have kind of like a perfect timing for when I can watch an episode and when my like peak thought process hits before I start forgetting things that happened in the episode. Sure. sure. Uh, I can't go more than a day. Like I can do the night before, but if it's like if it's longer than that, I'm just really like oh, I need to like watch the thing again. I can't remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, we uh, um, on Rotten Heart Picture Show, we actually just had to re-record an episode because Amanda's computer crashed, um, and so we re-recorded it 
like a week after we had watched the movie and neither of us rewatched it. So and I, <laughs> well, towards, towards the end of the thing, I'm like, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> this movie, it's, uh, yeah, it's scary. It's got <laughs> uh, monsters and it's, uh, you know, the characters is what it's about. You know, there's so many. And, uh, and I felt like I, I personally felt like I was straining for stuff towards the end because I was like, what the fuck happens in this movie? Just a politician trying to like spin your wheels up on after being asked a question that you don't want to answer. You're just like, well, right. people like, are people. And uh, well, the plot of this movie is something. But I think we should continue to talk about the evil dead, which is a movie I could tell you to talk about <laughs> all day, which is very similar to this movie in many ways. Let me elaborate. Uh, yeah, and I'm not going to tell you what movie it was because I don't want people listening to that episode thinking we phoned it in, but you'll probably be able to tell. <laughs> no, that's the reason we don't do uh, why the Star Wars is ground to a halt because we were supposed to do Solo. Yeah, fucking Solo, which just destroyed us. And I, I watched it, and then we were due to record, and uh, it's all completely Dave's fault, but for like yep. Dave had a family obligation, which is totally cool, of course. Like he's got three kids, like you, stuff comes up, you can't do it. Uh, the reason it's its fault is that the movie is so bad, I will never rewatch Solo. So it's like, yeah. uh, we, we can do a podcast where I've watched a movie two years ago and I can go, like, I vaguely remember it and I hated it, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if it'll be that successful. So yeah, that's the yeah. reason why. Catwalk, Nick the Rat says, every flock scene in Enterprise is entertaining. This episode is really skimping on the alien costumes, but the ship CG scenes were well done. I do wonder how Trip MacGyver the John in the nacelle. Is he a real magician of an engineer or maybe Starfleet's best? Oh, and that poor lettuce head gets blasted in the last phaser fight. Overall, it's a numbers countdown episode. Clay gives it a two out of five. For an Enterprise episode, I give it a high three. I think you went low on, on that bet. You think you know me, you son of a bitch? You think we? <laughs> I should have a uh, an edge drop every time someone assumes something. Just yeah. do you think you know me? You think you know me? Latell librarian says, "Seems like a good October episode since the call is coming from inside the house." On one hand, Malcolm acts like a dick. On the other hand, he's the only one acting a reasonable amount of stir crazy. If most of the episode was going to be about being stuck in a small space together, they could have played with it a bit more. Three pineapple cobblers out of five. Agreed. Point Extra G says, we get thrown in for a change of pace with a surprisingly solid episode. Bad guys try to steal the ship while the crew is gone has been done before, but they give us a very different version here. It's more of an ensemble piece instead of just Picard, John McClaning around the Enterprise. I really like the idea of evacuating to the catwalk and enjoyed seeing all the issues that surrounded that. A weird question. There were two nacelles, so was everyone crammed into the same one, or did they split everyone up between the two of them? Yeah, I uh, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, there's two of these. They could have a lot more space if they split up. But my... uh, I don't know if they say this, but my assumption was they wouldn't be able to split whatever they're doing to make it habitable into across two. Oh, of so they need you know the I mean? whole town of people there to make it functional. Yeah, something like yeah. that. I don't know. That makes um, sense. But yeah, I, I I I did forget to say. Uh, well, the, everyone's, brought up the, in, everyone's in fucking loser nacelle B over there. Like everyone. Yeah. <laughs> And they get someone coming up over the, the the loudspeaker and it's like, well, the person, the cell B has a bomb and the cell A has a bomb, but you each have the other one's trigger. It's, Who's going to be the first to blow it up? It's just to Paul's uh, suitor, would-be suitor with his flowers just yeah. standing over there. And his, and his Heath Ledger Joker <laughs> makeup, because that's what he would be into. Um, I uh, You mentioned, uh, he mentioned Picard, John, John McClaning on the Enterprise. I That was another way I, I, I thought they could have gone. I don't think I would have preferred it, but part of me was thinking oh is this going to be trip in the suit going around doing whatever but they did set up that he could only be out there for 22 minutes yeah so yeah uh there there is a um there's a tng episode where picard gets stuck on the ship with a bunch of terrorists who are trying to steal the ship and he's the only person on on the ship so that's the, the diehard is that the, that's not the one where they turn into kids right no it's not that's it's a different uh, one where they do that where they but they turn into kids that time that's the rascals. The, they have a, there's a cool, the diehard one has a cool thing where the, the ship is being decontaminated or something. So it's being sprayed with this laser that's moving from the sh- front of the ship to the, or the back of the ship to the front and it kills mm-hmm. anything organic on it. So there's like this race against time for the, uh, everyone to stay ahead of this field that's coming through the ship. So they all end up in 10 forward at the last minute because the, that's the front place to be. That's uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's like a, a decent idea game. though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for your enterprise thing, they have to be fairly uh, they have to do something different than that, really. That's like Enterprise's right, right. curse, where they're coming up with the original idea is one thing, but then not doing it in a way that feels like another Star Trek episode that happened already. Mm-hmm. Kyle Barrett says, 
On the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah. Despite a dull final act, this is a memorable episode filled with a bunch of fun little character moments that show that Sussman and Strong are the best writing team currently on the show, even bringing back Reed's love of pineapple. Also, for an episode from 2002, I always say that, 2002, it did a great job of showing just how annoying people who keep ketones switched on their phones are. I'm sure Malcolm's gastrointestinal distress has more to do with the kinds of stuff he's been ingesting rather than motion sickness. Four out of five. So Kyle and uh, Thomas are extremely positive on this with you. Uh, is this the last comment? No. Nathan Elliott. Nathan Elliott is the last comment. Nathan says, this episode was enjoyable to watch, especially after a string of very poor quality episodes in the first half of season two. I feel this one flipped around halfway through from being a small character-focused story to an action plot involving hostile aliens hijacking the ship and eventually almost flying into a space tornado. The alien plot line felt a bit unnecessary to me, and I would have loved to instead see more character interactions dealing with the already tough situation the crew members are in. Having said that, I still had fun watching this episode as is. Three out of five. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your thoughts. Thank you for being so thoughtful about catwalk and for uh sharing this room with us so conscientiously clay what are you going to give this one you've had time to, to mull it over from your six out of five down to whatever you're going to give it mm-hmm. now well i was gonna give it a four and i was wondering if you thought that was too aggressive and it's just based on the fact that we haven't watched <laughs> a, at, at least a three in like two months i would say it's aggressive although Right, like the um the problem with it here, tell me if you did the, the big problem for both of us is the action sequence, right? Where it right, doesn't do right. that. However, if someone was like, Show me an enterprise episode, mm-hmm. I would be like, This is probably a pretty good enterprise episode to show you. Yeah, like it has that would, action sequence that they all have, but does that make it a four to me? I think on my rating, I have to give this a three because the action sequence ruins things a little knocks it down a little bit even though i love that early stuff but i could see the argument being for a four so it's up to you i'm gonna give it a three whatever you decide to do Uh, i think i'm gonna stay with a four because if i'm if i'm being honest with how much i enjoyed this compared to not only just the bad ones we've watched recently but everything I think, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think this is on the on the higher end of the scale. I would I would definitely recommend this one over like threes are. I, I would I threes honestly, are I couldn't yeah. I couldn't tell you what threes are about generally. But if if you were to say what's a good Enterprise episode, I'd be like, oh well, there's the the one where they all have to sleep inside the nacelle thing is pretty good. Yeah. Um, although in two weeks I might completely forget this one too. I don't know, but, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, I feel like in, in, as it sits in the whole series, I would definitely put this one as above average. All right. So if you give it a four and I give it a three, there's a good chance it'll get bumped into our top five. If the ser- if the season continues this way, uh, that'll be enough to bump it up. So it's a good idea. I think for you to give it a four and give it a three, because we did find it memorable and it's worth talking about I mean, for season wrap up. I, <laughs> I I seriously doubt there's going to be uh, enough fours and fives in the back half of the season to bump it out. Yeah. So like I think that alone justifies it being higher because it's like yeah I would I I can pro- I can safely say this is probably one of the better episodes of the season. Yeah. Even though I've only watched half the season. Yes. Right. Yeah. Just based on it's like um you can call the election before all the votes are in you, you know you know what's yeah. possible with these remaining votes whether or not this is going to happen i don't know unless unless the next 12 episodes are like 12 different versions of duet best of both worlds uh <laughs> they, all the good things they copy all the, effect, all the great star trek episodes yesterday's just enterprise just a cr- like just bang 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 like uh boston's first album or something we'll see we have a little bit of a ways to go because... Uh, have you ever listened to that album? It's unbelievable. Boston. Every song in that album. Boston, it's a fun, the Boston Every, every song in that album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every song in that album is one that's played on the radio constantly. Yep. It's, every song is a hit. Same with uh, The Cars is my favorite go-to. I mean, it's not it's not 100 sure. for 100, but there's more songs on The Cars debut. And The Cars debut, the band members have the joke that they should have just called it their greatest hits uh, when it came out. Yeah. And they had, they had yeah. songs after that debut album came out, too. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so... so. Um, that's it we're done with this thank you patrons for supporting the show patreon.com slash the file enterprise continues as always discovery continues uh, it's discovery and lower decks have slowed down our enterprise rate but they are continuing and 
that'll always be the Tuesday and the Friday. Um, sign up for the Patreon before Halloween. You get the access to Genesis and the platform movie, two for one. And that's it for me. Clay, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, this week, we've got our Halloween episode of Rotten Horror Picture Show, which is uh, Fright Night. Um, and I don't think there'll be, when is this coming out? Tomorrow, Tomorrow. Right? Tuesday? Well, Tuesday night, we're going to be doing a patron's uh, watch along of tonight. Fright Night before the yeah. episode. Yeah, so tonight. Um, but uh, so if, if you if you want to get in last minute on that one, you can. Mm-hmm. But uh, it might be it might be too late at this point. We will bury this nugget at the end of the episode. <laughs> just uh, just kill this thing. The patrons just, will know because we we mentioned it to them. Just in case you don't believe me, uh, more than a feeling, peace of mind, foreplay, long time, rock and roll band, smoking, all on one album. Mm-hmm. It's an Isn't amazing. There a six song? Album. Isn't there another song? After that? Oh, there's eight there's eight songs, but oh, okay. I've never heard those before. <laughs> oh no, let me take you home tonight. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Hitch a hitch a ride and something about you I don't know by title. Wait, yes I do. Yeah, no, every song in this album is a hit. Yep. Yep. More than a, and it was all written by one guy, that that guitar guy. Yeah, Brad um, Delp. Yep. Did a good job. Um we're done. Patreon. You mentioned the shows. Penskefeld.com if you want to find the other shows. Penske uh, Podcast is where the Star Trek one is, but you probably know that by now, or you just search in your podcast app. Um, We're done. The next Star Trek Enterprise is the Discovery episode, but after that we have Dawn. D-A-W-N is the next Star Trek Enterprise episode. Cool. We will be back with that. Otherwise, hope you guys are having a good time. Have a good Halloween if we don't catch you for the Patreon stuff. And uh, that's it. We'll see you in a little bit.